I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and a flying car? Oh god, I've heard it all. And my name is Colin Drucker, and no, that's not breakfast at Taco Bell. It's Belfast. Ooh. <laughs> How awful is that? How gross. <laughs> That's good. It's you said it in the cadence of like, um, yes, that's French they're speaking. Yeah, no, these kids aren't French; they're American. They're American. <laughs> oh, Muzzy. Toi. Yeah. Just we la jumvi. Yeah, just we la jumvi. Just we Judy Dench. Yes. Ugh. And speaking of which, yeah, indeed, we are. I, I guess kind of finally talking about Belfast yeah. today. Yeah, at the request of uh, Costa and maybe a few other people in my life have, like, said good things about it. But for some reason, we've been a little hesitant, I guess. I don't know what that what that's about. Yeah, we've what been bell think? slow about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long one, girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it, girls? Lot. Two puns you... in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like... When we would talk about like Judy Dench's nomination, or even like, and IMDb was very kind to tell me that it's pronounced Kieran Hines and yes. Katrina Balf. So I feel very I feel informed as too. we go yes. in. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing Balf wrong, but you know, one out of two ain't terrible. That's and right. so I feel like in the past, when we've talked about them as nominees, you know, in terms of Kieran Hines, it was like, well, but, you know, Queen Troy is over here. Like, I can't, you know, I can't leave the one I, I came with, you know. And so it's like Best Supporting Actor has always been Troy Kotzer's race, I think, for us. Yes. And then in Best Supporting Actress, it was like what I was told was that, like, you know, Judy Dench is just kind of like it's like that that moment in, in Garden State where Zach Braff is like blending in with the wallpaper with his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that that was essentially Judy Dench in Belfast. And so I thought, oh, God. And then Katrina Balfe isn't even a nominated, and to say nothing of Anne Dowd. And, yes. And listen, I, I'm going to say this right up front. I am, ty- I am not going to listen to people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Except for people who tell us to watch Belfast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. some people I'm going to change who I listen to because I don't know. I I think... Here's my opening thought. There's so much to, I guess, say. But my opening thought in terms of Judy and Best Supporting Actress is that I don't think that she's just blending into the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe she got nominated over Katrina Bell. That's what I'll say. Yes, I second and third that as well. I mean, this is like a textbook sort of BSA performance from Katrina Balfe in so many great talking through tear. I could I could watch her sitting in a window all day. Oh, <laughs> Just, I know. Uh, uh, I want that like framed. It looks like that migrant mother painting that I was, I, or like photograph. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, what, how would I describe what I'm thinking of? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. She's uh. so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She is so like I want to see her in a movie play Sisters with Kate Blanchett and yes. Jennifer Lawrence. You know, <gasps> Colin. That's exactly. I said Jennifer Lawrence and Kate Blanchett and maybe a little bit of Carrie Coon. But other than that, yes, sure. I agree. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I mean, she has a lot of the, their energy. I I know that she's on the show Outlander. I think which I don't yes. watch, Neither but do I? Yeah, she is phenomenal in this. Some, one of my friends was like, oh yeah, she's just like too beautiful for the role. And I was like, oh, Pashaw. No. She's fabulous. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. She's got a great roar. She has that Cate Blanchett sort of like yep. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. I saw you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right out in the, what, is, what does she say? In the in the middle of the road? What does she say to Judy, no less, in that basement scene? Oh. Uh, in, um, a, in a flat in the middle of the archway road. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Some <laughs> line like that. Some very Virginia British line. Virginia wolf. Yes. Yeah. Virginia friggin' wolf. The growl. No one told yes. you you were a fucking vampire. <laughs> vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I I really so what okay, so let's, you know, back up obviously. Belfast I think is one of the in terms of Academy Award nominations that would be relevant to us. I think has been probably the most glaring omission in that there are nominations in the supporting categories and you know, there there's been some and I feel like waning kind of buzz for Belfast. But uh I feel like it's been the outlier, and so I, I, I guess we've kind of hinted at it, but I'm curious, now that you've taken the dive, um, how, what was your experience watching Belfast? I really liked it. I mean, I think that both of you and, like, our combined sort of neglect was steering me away from it, I guess. Like, I was like, again, I, I, I couldn't really even give you an answer of why I didn't, didn't watch it sooner, because I, I've heard it's it's sort of like... I think my biggest problem with it, but also I guess it kind of works, is it like, because Keon asked me what it's about. So I told him like the general gist of it, but I was like, but it's kind of funny and it's kind of dark, but I feel like that's like sort of the Irish spirit. It's like they, you, they can joke about things like this, even though like the world is like crumbling around them. And obviously like people are getting killed. I, I think that there's like, they lead with like a sense of humor and an optimism that kind of balances out all the darkness in the movie. And I mm. I think for me too, I, I even though like it was very clear, like it, it's like the Protestants against the Catholics, and obviously, you know, this is this is history. This is what happened in the late sixties. I, I wondered I guess now it's like it's sort of prompted me to do maybe some research on it too. Like it just felt like there was like this ongoing war around them that they weren't a part, like they were a part of, but they weren't a part of. I'm like, what did the day to day look like? Cause it, I know that they showed a little bit of it. Those are really, that's like my big lingering question. But overall, I thought it was a lovely movie. Like yeah. I enjoyed the performances. It just like, it kind of felt like a warm hug in a way, like just that importance of like community and uh, the sense of home. There's a lot of themes that I really enjoy watching in any movie. So I liked it. And the the boy was cute too. We'll get to him, but. Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like I know like three things about, as they say, the troubles, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. And I know there's Northern Ireland and it's like, I know of, but like if someone sat me down and said, okay, but yeah, what is it? It'd be like, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know. And there is that feeling of like, and it's not exactly like ancient history. Like it went, it, it's, it's continued yes. very much through our parents' lives. Uh, and so I feel like there was that sense too. And I think what was great about this was that the movie, especially with the Van Morrison soundtrack, very much sets it in a modern or like a 20th century mm-hmm. kind of tone that you don't ever get to kind of have that disconnect of like, oh no, this was like a long time ago in a different yes. place. Like they don't just throw all the tin whistle at you. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's an Irish movie. Let's get that tin whistle out. And then you can yes. just kind of like pretend that it's just kind of like a cousin of Angela's ashes. And it's like, no, this is like very recent on all things considered. And that was really, that was very jarring. And I think made the dramatic parts of this, like the opening kind of riot feel Mm -hmm. that much more impactful was like, Oh, this is not something that we're far from, you know? And yeah, you know, so it was, it was educational. I had kind of the same takeaway of like, huh, I feel like there's a lot more of this story that I've never known, but it doesn't feel like a weighty, you know, like historical drama. It does feel like, it's about this community. It's about this family. It's the smaller story. Yeah. And maybe I'm thinking about like our point of view in the story. And it really is from Buddy's point of view. It's about Kenneth Branagh's like childhood. So like we're really seeing what happened, I guess, through Buddy's eyes, which would make sense that we're not always seeing conflict. We're not always seeing you know, what's going on outside of their block. But at the same time, I yeah, I mean, it's it's fucked up. I mean, but I think the other thing is that they, um, you know, the the family that we're 
you know, that is the, the story is being told through is Protestant. So they're they're kind of, quote unquote, safe. You know, they're they're not mm-hmm. like running. It would be a totally different story if it was if they were Catholic. But at the same time, it's it's all it's really interesting and unique to see it from the Protestant angle and how they still have to kind of choose sides in a way. And that, you know, that neighborhood asshole guy that. Oh, God. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and at first when it started, like, because it doesn't, it kind of tells you that, you know, through the storytelling that they're they're Protestant, not Catholic. And so from the beginning, I think I automatically assumed, oh, so they're Catholic and they're experiencing this yes. as like the attacked community. But it was like, oh, oh, you're Protestant. And, and yeah, to your point, there is still a sense of humor about it. Like, you know, Buddy has that whole conversation with his cousin about how you can tell someone's Protestant or Catholic by their name, you know? And, like, there is kind of a, a child's point of view on all of this mm-hmm. that, like, what you know about the adult point of view is what Buddy overhears from the other room yes. or what he, like, witnesses down the street. But... Uh, yeah, it's and I also think just like the setting itself. I mean, the whole movie was filmed. You know, they built this set. Like I think it was like an old. It wasn't on like a, a one of the formal like movie studios in the UK. It was somewhere they had built all of this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it. I think it, it's probably very accurate to what Belfast actually looked like at the time. But I also feel like it very much looks like a movie set. And I think that's. I would assume on purpose because that that's how Buddy is seeing the world and yeah. how he would see his world is a bit of like a movie set. Yeah, I love that angle. I never really thought of that. I I, I have to go back and mention um, Moira, who is the the cousin, who basically she w- this girl would have been played by Saoirse Ronan like fifteen oh, years ago. Good Very God. precocious yeah. child who ends up being like not really as likable as she is in the beginning, but I really did like her spunk a lot. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting because they, throughout the movie, you know, there's, we know that there's this older cousin, younger cousin relationship between uh, Moira and Buddy, and she's got this whole thing about him joining their gang, and yeah. we don't really see what that is, but there's sort of the initiation of stealing candy from the candy store and all that stuff, but we're seeing it through Buddy's eyes of like, oh, this is like a bunch of kids who have a clubhouse in, in a park or something like that, and then in the third act, when, you know, she he realizes she's like okay you know you can join our our gang now because you didn't squeal on us to the police after the whole Mm -hmm. candy incident and then it literally it's like the opening of the movie like the crowd like the riot just comes around the corner and he's suddenly a part of it and she's like this this is the gang and i thought that was so uh, like brilliant in terms of like showing this from a child's point of view that we have no idea what this is and then it hits us with the same enormity that it would hit a child that like oh shit this isn't just like for funsies this is really bad but he doesn't even realize that because then he goes through with raiding the supermarket like it's i know i just wanted to scoop him up i know be like no 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 don't don't take don't take the the washing detergent but (laughs) i i thought it was really smart to show this aspect of the troubles being uh through the at a child's experience and kind of the the loss of innocence even up to the point of like running home with a detergent and then only realizing once his mother snaps what he's done you know even that first scene like i i loved how this movie started off like just Mm. with like really getting into the nitty-gritty of it because because like that first explosion and just like how he stands there and just takes it in really Mm because like i i what he's probably like i don't know how old would he be? Like seven, six, something around that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, he's no older than like 11, you know? Yeah, but he's a good kid. And I think the the other side of what I was saying before of being Protestant still is to that you have to do your part to get rid of the Catholics. And they're just kind of recruiting the youth in a way, which is also like a weird, eerie sort of situation. But to to join the ranks and how he and how he navigates that. And I, I guess and it's interesting through because you feel like you trust Moira for like the first half of the movie. And then she kind of just you see it slowly start to deteriorate. And then it's it's too late. Like you said, he's just kind of in the, the, the throw of it all. There's that side of it of like this, you know, kind of growing movement and, and needing to join that side or needing to, you know, I think at one point it's like, the demand that you know the basically demanding of his father either you got yeah either have to join us or you got to put up some yeah. cash but you have to be a part of this and so then there's this whole other side about like 
needing to leave Belfast and, yeah. and the idea that like the solution here is really, and that for multiple reasons, because, you know, his father is finding work in England because they, you know, uh, they literally could have a, a home paid for them and like have a whole new life in England. And if they stay here, this is going to continue. And eventually, you know, his father's probably going to be killed. And, you know, he and his mother were almost killed. I mean, it's so it's, it's also, I think, especially from, you know, his mother's point of view, it's having to contend with like, at what point is this, is this not literally not a hill worth dying on, you know? Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that this is home, this is where their community is. This is where their family is. This is where everything they know is. And I think that's, I love that this movie is not only this like awakening for Buddy, but I think also for, you know, Ma, as we know her, for Katrina Balfe's character, this awakening of like, this isn't, you know, this isn't worth it anymore, you know? And yeah. uh, I, I need to let go of the past if we're going to have a future. And I'll say this. I did not expect it. I cried multiple times during this movie. Like, oh, wow. Fat tears. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, I, I cried during the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang scene, though. So I don't know what was <laughs> going on with me, girl. I... Like when they all kind of like, whoa, leaned yeah, forward. forward. I just, I was like, oh God, this is so beautiful. And I just started crying. And yeah. I, it really, this hit me. I don't know why, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm finally off the Zoloft. So maybe I'm feeling all my emotions again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, there was also that, that like this really had a couple moments that really hit me. And I think. Katrina Balfe is probably responsible for most of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this like so many times on the podcast, too, but like a sense of community and, and a sense of like there is something really comforting in that. Like as far as like the kids can play wherever they want and everyone knows each other and everyone is there for each other. And there's no questions asked. Like whenever someone needs help, like someone is there to help you. It's like that beautiful monologue that Kieran Hines gives Buddy like later and I feel like an act two at the hospital too of like no matter where you go or what you become that'll always be true like you will always have Belfast you will always have this community which I think is beautiful and like even you know like I'm still in Pittsburgh but like I I don't know like I went out with some friends over the weekend to to get some drinks and um from my hometown and it's just interesting being home and like hearing them talk about like because they've stayed and they have kids and, you know, they bump into each other's moms at the grocery store and they talk, you know, and there is something that I envy about that. But I I don't know how to how to create that in the city because the city's tough. It's like people just kind of stay in their own lane. But there is something I don't know, um, uh, aspirational about that. Maybe that's not the right word, but yeah. I know what you mean, though. I mean, I feel like I and of course, you know, much like Buddy, I only had a child's view of it, but I really I grew up. Not to the same extent to which this family and their neighbors were connected, but like mm -hmm. we knew our neighbors and, you know, we would go over to people's houses and like my mom would know like, okay, you're down the street at Grace's or whatever. Yeah. Like it was no big deal. And like there was a sense that we were connected with our neighbors. If something happened, people would help each other, would check yeah. on each other. Like there was just a sense that like maybe not every single neighbor, but 80% of them on the street, we were all connected in some way, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, over time, it's like we, my parents, we moved when I was 14 and I feel like my stepdad grew up with a very similar experience, you know, in his own, you know, upbringing. And so I feel like when we then all moved, when my parents got, my mom and my stepdad got married and we moved when I was 14, I feel like the neighborhood we moved into, there was this hope and this expectation that they could recreate the same thing. Like they were on a fucking cul-de-sac, you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. breeding ground for communities in a neighborhood. And I just think they knew their neighbors, but it never really happened, you know? Yeah. And I think they've had it happen because they've moved a couple of times since for his job and they've had it happen in Houston or outside Houston where they are now, but even that's fallen, you know, and they're planning on moving this year anyway. So, um, you know, they, I, I guess that's where I get it from is, you know, they just yeah. keep fucking moving. But, um, <laughs> but I feel like in some ways they're also, kind of chasing that feeling you know that you're yeah. talking about of like how do i create it i don't think you can and that's what's so hard about it is like 
you can perform it, but I don't think you can create it. Does that make sense? Like you can organize all your neighbors to come over and have a barbecue, but if the glue ain't there, the glue ain't there, you know? Yeah, even with people that you do love and know, it's like, I feel like I've made this comparison before on the pod, but like if you have a random impromptu night out with a random group of friends and it just turns into like the best night ever and then like two months from then, like that time, you try to recreate the same thing, it's it's not going to happen. It's it's never going to mm-hmm. happen. It was It was like a moment in time. And I think maybe that nostalgia for like, I remember that feeling of like even just like Buddy at the beginning being called home for tea and like my mom yep. like calling us in for dinner or whatever it is like in the summer like there is there's nothing better than that feeling. Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's and there's a certain level of like exhaustion and a of like you've you've been out playing all day and it, it, there's all of that feeling and then mm-hmm. the coming home and the like yeah there there's uh it's something, I mean, I think that's kind of what, you know, Katrina Balfe's character is talking about in that incredible bus scene uh, with Pa when she's like, everything, you know, he has, as you said, like, you know, he has his friends here. Everybody knows us. Everybody looks out for each other here. I don't have to worry here. We go to England. Nobody knows us. He has no, we have, the kids have, the, you know, the boys have no friends. And nobody understands what the hell we're saying. And it's that. It's like, sure, we're going to have a nicer house with a garden and all that stuff and more peace, obviously. But, like, the things that make something home really, you know, they don't travel. And there's no guarantee that your next place of residence will come with those things, you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. Like, the way that her eyes just sort of well up. Because it's interesting, like... I guess it's a little bit of a stereotype or just like gender roles that you think it would be the man, especially since it's his parents that are in Belfast too, that would want to stay and that the wife has a little bit more of like a logical lens through this to be like, we need to go think of the kids. Let's get out of here. Uh, So I loved seeing that angle as well too. And that, everything that she was saying was a valid point it wasn't just like acting out of fear or like emotion. It was just like, this is what will happen if we go here please don't make me go. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, certainly a, a companion piece to this movie is my left foot, uh, mm. just in terms of, you know, yeah. a similar kind of vibe and whatnot, very different stories, different times, but like a lot that's similar. And I feel like one of the things that I think is very true in both is that the mother is like, at the end of the day, like, it's kind of what we talk about with like what she says in my big fat Greek wedding, like the man, maybe the the head of the house, but the woman is the neck. And yeah. I feel like the, you know, the, in, in this, in an Irish house, the, the, the man is, <laughs> he's, he is nowhere near the head of the house. He is uh, a clavicle. Yeah. He's a clavicle. <laughs> he is a clavicle at the crown of the house, which is yes. the mother or the grandmother. And I feel like that, in a very not cheesy, not kind of Bennigan sort of way, I feel like we saw that, that like this was both about her stubbornness of not wanting to leave, but also like as he kind of admits at the end, like she raised them. She is like so much the beating heart of that family. So it's kind of like he may be earning the money and he may be doing the work, but he's not the decision maker in the way that she is because so much of this this home and what they have is really because of her oh yeah i mean i even skipping a little later into the movie too but when he says because like we know their marriage isn't that secure but we also know that it's not like crumbling as much as maybe we're led to believe i guess i don't know but that line he says like when I guess it was after I can't remember what happened before, but he said like let's let's make let's push out our decision until Easter, and then uh, he says something like I don't think we have until Easter, but you know that like he's talking about the two of them and just right. really like they don't have time to keep pissing around, like they have to make a decision, but he's willing to wait for her to make that decision until it really does get bad, I guess. So there is like you said, it's they only leave when she says it's time to go. Right. I mean, it. it's, yeah, because initially he says, we're going to need to make a decision by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas comes, and I, they try to broach the topic with Buddy at some point, and he freaks out. 
Christmas comes, you know, then they have that conversation of, you know, okay, we'll push it till Easter. And yeah, she says, yeah, let's push it, push it till Easter and see where we are by then. And, and I think to your point about like the sort of gender role reversal is that like, I would almost expect the husband to be saying like, let's just see where we are by then. And then the wife saying, I just don't know if we'll be okay by then. And I love this flip flop of like, she's, you know, she's even that kind of emotional decision maker. And he's very much submissive at that point. What I love about it is I think in that really great best supporting actress way, we, the movie closes in more and more on Ma as really being like, the the center of this story it's about buddy but it's really about ma's decision to leave belfast you know yeah can we just pause for a second to talk about how gorgeous jamie dornan is i obscene it's crazy like i had to just pause and stare at it because like this is this is the era for him that haircut's and uh-huh. just like, I also love that he wasn't like some sort of stereotypical distant drunken Irish dad. I love that he mm-hmm. was just, he he was present as much as he could be given like the job that he had. And he, you know, he went to the pub and he told, you know, cheesy dad jokes, but like he was there. And I, I just have to say that as well too. But like, holy shit, is he beautiful <laughs> in it's, every way. Yeah, I mean, at the very end when he is, to whatever extent, singing Everlasting Love to Ma at the funeral party, which, I mean, typical Irish movie, the biggest celebration in the movie is a funeral. Yeah, of course. When he is, I... I I need to get someone to come clean my carpet because most (laughs) of me's melted into it, you know? I know. Oh, God. Just incredible. Now, he's the one in... Yeah, yeah, in the the Fifty Shades movies, right? That's his big claim to fame. Uh, Because I feel like I don't... uh, I don't put much time towards him. And you know what else? I think for the longest time... There is because there's Jamie Dornan and then there's like Charlie Hunan or Hunam or something like that. Okay. And I just, I know, and they're very different, but I have always kind of been like, well, it's one of the two, right? Let's see if I can find Charlie Hunam. Oh, okay, I see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see that. You know who I get him confused with is the guy who is the lead in that TV show, You. Y'all. Oh, the the guy who was in Gossip Girl. Yes. Uh, yeah. His name is, uh, I forget his name, but I'll look it up. Uh, Penn yeah. Badgley. Penn Badgley. Badgley. I could see that too, yeah. Or like a Sebastian Stan sort that's, of situation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sebastian Stan. Ooh, and, and that's where well. then I get confused of like, who played the hot priest in um, that Fleabag? show? With Fleabag. I can't remember his name, but I'll look it's it like up. It's like Andrew something. And I always confuse him with Sebastian Stan. And so all of it, I mean, they're all, I mean, all of them, if, they, if you want to get like one of those deli Andrew counter Scott. things, Andrew Scott, <laughs> yes. and just all of them can pull a ticket. That's fine. But I just can't tell one apart from the other. Yeah. I mean, I'll have them all. I'll have yeah, them all. But when it's dark and you're face down, who cares? Oh you know what I'm gosh. saying? <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I mean, Jamie Dornan was, was great in this. And like, I didn't know what to expect because I mean, Obviously, there was there was buzz for Katrina Balfe and, and obviously nominations for, for Judy and Kieran. And so I never heard anything about Jamie Dornan. And I thought, oh, like, is he just going to kind of be in and out of this movie? Like, what am I to expect? And mm-hmm. I agree with you. It was really refreshing. And obviously, it's just based on the truth. But it's just really refreshing to see an Irish father who's not a drunk. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, it just, we, you, I was like, man, not a single scene of him like drooling all over himself and stumbling around, you know? Yeah. He, I think that it could have been very, I know it's based off of Kenneth Branagh's life too, but I, I just feel like in any other story, if I was writing this, like I, I would make him a drunk, which is just like a mm-hmm. cheap sort of stereotype. So I, yeah, I love that he was very much present. I feel like in honor of a of a performance that was not nominated but was very much uh, doing great supporting work in another Irish movie. For some reason, I just thought it was important that we also also remember how good Fiona Shaw was in My Left Foot. Yes, that dinner and scene. That dinner scene, and I just feel like I kept thinking yeah. about that dinner scene during the bus scene because I was just like, oh man. This yep. is like good fucking work. I can't believe you're not getting recognized for this. But um, so anyway, I just wanted to make sure we gave some love to Fiona Shaw Absolutely. And, and how great she is in my left foot. But 
now, I mean, we haven't talked about Judy Dench at all, so maybe, maybe we need to just answer the question of like, why does Judy have an Oscar nomination, and do you agree with it? Yeah, um, I'd say you know what you've already said is like it's, it should have been Katrina. I I don't really understand the logic behind it, but I also. I guess now seeing it, I understand a little bit more than, you know, having not seen it and just kind of not roll. I'm ne- I'll never roll my eyes at Judy Dench. But like I was yeah. like, is this just the 80 and above slot for the BSA? You know, because I feel like there always is. It's the June Squibb category uh, of just like they need someone who's a little, uh, you know, of a certain age, we'll say. But I mean, I'm trying to think of a. I guess I'm stalling and answering. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. But I but I did like it. I did the like Academy it. Academy asks, what do you think? Yeah. Fine. Fine. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I guess uh, fine. Yeah, it should have been Katrina. But I, right. I did enjoy her. Like the, I wanted more zingers from uh, you know, Granny, but we got enough, you know, even with that like how she was telling uh and it's not pa, it's pop who Kieran Hines is the grandfather, how she's going to drive him to the hospital and take him to the hospital. And just that sort of, I loved that moment. Oh, that was, that scene was so beautiful because it was such like understated love. He was, he was pouring all over her about how beautiful she was. She's like, Oh, you're, you're full of it. You're always full of it. And then he talks about getting a ride to the hospital and she says, no, I'm going to take you on the bus to the hospital. I'm going to walk you into the hospital myself. And when you're done, I'm going to walk you home. And it's so kind of nuanced that like, this is her way. This is a deep expression of love right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and he says, all right, Mrs. All right. And I just, I love that relationship of like, he knows, he knows what her compassion looks and feels like, you know? Um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Fu- I was going to say, well, and it's also, it's funny you mentioned June Squibb because this was such a June Squibb role. Like, yeah, it made me think about what if June Squibb had Judy Dench's career? Like, what if June Squibb was in Shakespeare in Love, you know? <gasps> what if June Squibb that. was M in the 007 movies? What if Notes June's- on a Scandal. Notes on a Scandal was June Squibb. I love that. I, <laughs> I love only that have idea. tender feelings for you. <laughs> pushes up her glasses yeah yes i mean again it's sort of like this reverse dynamic too because you're used to the like again kieran hines is not some old curmudgeonly grandpa he's sort of the life of the couple i guess in a way and like she's the one who's always sort of rolling his eye rolling her eyes at him so it was really great that we got to see this moment i think that like it's not that i didn't like granny uh, I, I liked her, but like, I'm so glad we got this because I'm like, because Pop is so, he's such a queen, really. Like, he's I know queen. Troy Kotzer is our vote, but like, I'm so glad he got nominated for this. I agree. I mean, that was also one of my biggest, you know, surprise takeaways. Like, first of all, I feel like he and Troy Kotzer, like, their characters, their roles had like a, a, a similar energy you know what i mean like yes. they could have been brothers and so i love that like they are similar queens and i'm i'm down next year's westons to induct troy kotzer and kieran hines into queens into Ugh. you know actors who are queens with anthony hopkins john goodman stanley tucci it's a really it's an echelon but i thought he was so good in this and i agree yeah. was so lovely and not curmudgeonly and you know in his last scene when they're talking about leaving Belfast and, you know, and Buddy says, you know, well, where are you going to be? He's like, wherever I'm going will be nowhere you can't find me, you know? And I just, and then, th- and that overhead shot of him, like reaching out and taking Buddy's hand. And I just, oh, oh I just loved it. And it, it was just such a, he was such a great character. You know, I feel like um, it's very different, but, you know, if we were to ever talk about men and talk about best supporting grandpas, I feel like I would, we would have to talk about Alan Arkin in little miss sunshine. Cause he's my other favorite grandpa. In oh, movies. of course. I mean, I would even raise you. Cause like, I feel that Kieran Hines has such like Albert Finney energy. Ooh. Like yeah. the two of them could be brothers in a way. Like I love Albert Finney and big fish. It's like, it is my favorite 
role of his. I mean, I love him in Aaron Brockovich too, but yes, ugh, best supporting grandfathers. Best supporting grandpas. I think that that's something we should think about because I feel like I love a good grandpa. I love a great grandpa. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And he right. is. He is the grandpa that I, he reminded me of like my mom's dad my who lived next uh-huh. door to me my grandfather yep. and just like he was the sort of larger than life energy always joking around and so that was i mean albert finney and big fish is my grandpa which is why that movie just like wrecks me at the end but i yeah there's nothing better there's nothing better you know i still have not seen big fish but someone told me oh if you have any kind of complications in your relationship with your father this movie is going to break you girl <laughs> it's so i mean jessica lang's in that movie uh we also have um marion cotillard in that movie Ooh. we also have um oh my goodness I cannot believe I'm blanking on it. Here we go with the $25,000 pyramid. Bring okay. it on, bring it on. She played Bellatrix Lestrange in Harry Potter. She was in- Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter is in it. Yes, such a Tim we Burton We just want a Dodge actress. cameo or whatever. Dodge Some Stratus. old Dodge, Dodge Stratus. We just want a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but a lot of great women, I will say. So maybe we'll put that on the- I mean, I would love it. I, and well, listen, Billy Crudup is beautiful. Ugh. Okay. I was just going to say, if you want to do BSA's A Big Fish Girl, I mean, that sounds... <sighs> I, I would love that. Why not? There's no rules, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I made us do Queen Bees once, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yes. Oh, uh, that movie was fun. <laughs> it was God. great. So, you know, the, the one thing I'll say about grandma, about granny, is mm-hmm. first of all, yeah, I think we're both kind of saying, listen, Judy's great. I just don't know if this is like what Ann Dowd was doing in mass, for example. Yeah. And, but she's great. Judy is not phoning it in at the least. I think she's doing a great job uh, with a role that doesn't have too many moments. I feel like Judy's kind of, you know, why she was nominated other than like, well, you know, we needed an old one. Uh, But I feel like the reason for the moment for her was when they're on the bus, she and Buddy, and she's talking about the movie, Lost Horizons and about Shangri-La. Yes. That granny kind of stares out oh. the window as she thinks about Shangri-La. Like that really, I was like, okay, but the power of Judy Dench is that in this little four or five second moment, she's given you like so much, you know? Yes. So I, I could understand after moments like that, you know? Yeah, because it's such an innocent question that a kid would ask and such a devastating question. And it is written all over her face in that yeah. moment. Yeah. I, I really, I just, I think that she, it's a great role. I think it's just, you know, with uh, the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm having ugh's about it is because there's Anne out there. There's yeah, Katrina know, right here. There's Katrina just, I mean, that bus scene, I have to say is one I would go back to again and again, that and like her monologue at the end, you know, about packing, you know, when, when her getting the decision to leave, yes. I, the camera doesn't move and it just focuses, like lets her just act. Yeah. I mean, I, I take back everything. I guess I did. I never spoke badly of Katrina. I just like, didn't know how good it was. So I'm, I'm just, but this is great. I'm glad that we chose to do this. It's so late in the game, really, because I feel like this was one of the first movies that came out that again we talk about like timing with all this stuff too i mean we're going to talk about this in the best supporting after show but there is a real possibility that jessica chastain could win for the eyes of tammy faye and i love that what a twist what a twist i mean listen my vote has always been anyone but you know who in the you know what yes and i know i said i could say her name and the title in the same sentence but i take it back i can't say it anymore but I, yeah, I feel like we also, we need to just, because I've, I've heard, to be honest, mixed reviews about Eyes of Tammy Faye uh, from people who I consider to be, you know, uh, reputable points of view. But I still think it's worth seeing. I, I mean, Cherry Jones is doing some supporting work. We should see what Jessica Chastain's doing. I, I hear Andrew Garfield is terrible, so that'll be interesting. You G- would given, love that, yeah. I, well, yeah, I saw a bad saw... performance. So but, this is a you – know. oh, go ahead. Finish your thoughts, sorry. Oh, no, but anyway, so there's reasons to check that out as well. Um, this is a deep tease, but I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Colin, so we will what? talk about it on the Best Supporting After Show. And I – 
I really liked it. That's okay, all I'm going to say. That's all no, I'm no, no, good, good, good. That makes me feel better because, well, I mean, actually, this is such a this is relevant because I feel like I came into Belfast hearing from other people. Oh well, you know. Uh, and there was something else my friend saw as well. Where he was, oh, uh, Spencer. Where he was like, oh my god, I can't wait till you see Spencer. Till you see Spencer, and everyone was like, oh, Spencer. <sighs> I'm still thinking about Spencer. <laughs> yeah, that really was way better and way more interesting than I was expecting. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say that I, I'm, I'm sort of sad to see Belfast kind of fizzling in terms of buzz because I think this is like you know in terms of i don't know just like the direction the writing the the acting the you know just the kind of the overall best picture energy i feel like belfast is a worthy horse in the race you know yeah i feel like this is the same energy or at least momentum that jojo rabbit had that oscar season that everyone was talking about and then like little boy sort of like <clears throat> mm-hmm. not that the 60s were world war ii era but like in and, and and then it just kind of went away and i i feel like yeah. this is also a similar I guess trajectory for it, but I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing it now, and I'm glad that maybe eventually we could talk about Tammy Faye too, just in time, maybe for the Oscars, because uh, yeah, more on that on the after show, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say this: that when it comes to like who I want to win the Best Picture, I mean, I talk about like big ugly sobbing if Coda wins Best <gasps> Picture. Like it'll just be too. It'll be not even. It'll be about Coda, but it'll be about so much more. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Honestly, I was on Gold Derby last night, and across the board, it's Coda. I like, just think for that predictions. Would be, be a few so power cool. of the dogs. I would love for Jane Campion to win Best Director, just so we have another female director, and I would sure. love Coda to win Best Picture. Ugh. It would. It would just. I feel like it would be so cool for that little movie that could to yes. win Best Picture, and I love and it. would not be out of line in the least. And so, no. uh, and I just, you know, we've had a couple of rough fucking years. Can we just? Can we get? <laughs> yes. Can we get something? You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it just bring us back, of course, to to Belfast. You know, we mentioned it earlier, but I do want to also just give some love again to not nominated Katrina Balfe for that supermarket scene. I, I, I mean, it was interesting because what happens of course, for anyone who hasn't seen it is that buddy uh, inadvertently joins, you know, a gang of rioters who loot the supermarket and buddy grabs, you know, a box of uh, laundry detergent and runs home proudly to his mother who uh, snaps and chases after him and drags him and more Moira back to the mm-hmm. supermarket and, you know, is roaring, like pushing, like people are rioting and she's like, out of my way, move. And like yes. she is so single focused on teaching him a lesson. It's so fascinating. And so, and she's just like, yeah, the roar is real. The Weasty and Blanchettian roar mm-hmm. is so good here. This Blanchettian roar <laughs> about like, don't you ever. And she's something like, if I ever catch you doing this again, I'll beat the shit out of you or whatever she says. Yeah. I love that she yelled at Moira. I was like, yeah. Give it to her. Oh yeah, and, and screams at her too. It was yeah, it was yes. like she deserves it just as much. And then they and what it was so cool was like it was this like it was really kind of the whole movie in a moment because it was this like family conflict within this larger conflict and then at this kind of climactic moment in the movie, the larger conflict and the family conflict kind of converge and they're literally in the crossfire of, you know, uh that whatever that guy's name was, Bill or whatever, Billy. Yeah. Um, and and it's this very dramatic scene where like you know they're face you know there's a big showdown on the street and there's Pa at one end with the with the army of guys behind him and then there's Ma and, and Moira and Moira and, and Buddy you know at gunpoint basically with Billy and it's just like I definitely thought I swear to God if you kill his mother right now I'm done I would. I would turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I was so worried. But, yeah. But thank God, you know, crisis averted. And then there was a big family hug and I cried again. <laughs> yes. And then Moira joins. Too. And then Moira joins and I cried about that because there was a sense of forgiveness. And, and then it's so cool. The next scene is like the two boys and Pa, the three of them are sitting on the couch like they're all in trouble. And she's standing on the other side of the living room against the doorway, and she has just that monologue about, like, it's just, you know, basically, like, I saw my reflection, and it was like, what is this worth it? Who, What am I doing? What Mm -hmm. is this life? And 
And she says, so tomorrow we're going to start packing. And that's that. And it's, oh my God, it's so good. I just, I was so, compared to how much I was like, oh, Katrina Balfe, I don't even know how to say her name, whatever, to like, you know, in terms of a, as an uh, an Oscar nominee or a potential yep. nominee, how wrong I feel like I was compared yes. to everything she gave in this movie. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's almost up there with Anne in terms of like, how are you not nominating this? Yeah, it's really a crime. I I feel like we could have taken Judy out, which sounds dramatic. Uh, right, taken her out of the category that is. Um, I I agree. I want I want to talk just briefly. We could go back to Katrina in a second too, but I want to talk about Violet, her friend Violet. Yes, Aunt Violet. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, it is Aunt Violet. Yes, it is Aunt Violet. Yeah, such an yeah. assistant to the BSA. Completely. Packs a punch. They have that great scene in the park where they're talking about yes. like, you know, Irish, the Irish are used to leaving and all we need is, you know, what is it? A phone, a Guinness, a phone, a Guinness and the sheet music for Danny boy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She's a great character. I, I, uh, yes, there is that little sort of assistance to the BSA kind of energy. You know, they have that, you know, they, they take hands at the end. I love a scene that kind of ends on a little moment of, you know, mutual appreciation and, Yes, then I think later, or maybe the scene right after that, she's in the street drinking and it's and singing and it's beautiful. Belting out Danny Boy. I thought it was beautiful. Everyone's like, you better, you know, get your money back for voice lessons. I was like, this woman has a great voice. Everyone shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah, let her finish. Uh, yeah, Ugh, she was a great, her, she was a great her. little, um, and it's like that kind of energy, like, uh, the, the aunt in like August Osage County or like, you know what I mean? Sure. It's just that kind of like blousy aunt energy that I'm, I'm it always, I always have room for, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, Alice and Janney and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I feel like if this was, uh, for some reason, if they made this movie in America, you know, yeah, they cast Jennifer Lawrence as Ma and they'd probably cast... <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say Margot Martindale, but it wouldn't make any sense. Maybe Beanie Feldstein, you know, as, as Violet. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But a Margot Beanie Martindale Feldstein. type. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the, the last thing kind of in my notes is I did, I, I did like that the movie, in terms of like BSAs and, and you know, their parts in a movie, I... I thought it was cool that Granny does get the ending. Yes, you know, and I think that always resonates to me. It's like, oh yeah, like when I when someone says, oh, someone's been nominated for a performance, then when you go to watch it and you see, okay, what not what got them nominated? I feel like the fact that Granny gets the ending felt kind of like, okay, it was yours for a moment. The movie was yours for a moment. You know, she she has. It's almost like this like psychic thing where she says, you know. Uh, go now, son. Don't look back. I love you. And it's like right into the camera. And, you know, the bus is pulling away. And then the last shot is her behind the door. And her <sighs> reflection is kind of distorted by the by the glass. And clearly just like feeling the feelings of like, okay, now I'm alone. And, you know, because her husband's dead and the family's mm -hmm. left. And, and it was a really beautiful moment to then kind of have the little tag on the screen saying, you know, uh, basically like dedicated to the ones who stayed and then, you know, showing the family and the ones who left. And, and there was just like that really hit, you know, that there was a real gut punch there of like, oh yeah, she's one of the ones who stayed and yeah. it's, you know, but was alone. And it's just like, oh, part of me was like, Oh, all right. Give her an Oscar nomination. It's the least yeah. you could do. Yeah, I know. She's it alone in Belfast. <laughs> Somebody help her. Yeah. Nominate her. I feel the same way. It reminds me very much of uh, Yujon Jung and Minari sitting at that <gasps> table at the end. Remember that scene? Oh, yes. Best supporting grandmas. Yes. Because. Oh, Yes, I think we do need to have maybe it's grandparents so we can do both in an episode. Oh, but I totally, that. that that's the moment. It's that moment in Minari. It's this moment where it's just like you have this like really like you know esteemed older actress who's just like emoting. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it's a great movie. I it really I, it's is. A high recommend. I feel like it's just like how would you classify it? Like, would you say a drama, dramedy, or drama? I would stay. I think it's overall a drama. I feel like the Irishness of it, like the humor comes from just like the people and this, and kind of just the, you know, 
that Irish thing, you know? I mean, again, the fact that the that Pa's funeral or Pop's funeral is like feels like a wedding is yeah. very accurate. You know, Irish funerals are great celebrations, but I also feel like that speaks to kind of the like the the humor that's the kind culture, of under yeah, yeah. the cult yeah there's always a there's always a sense of humor kind of weaved into things as I guess a way to cope or a way to entertain yourself and I feel like it didn't feel so much that there were like comedic beats in the movie as there were just like funny people do- yeah, saying funny things yeah, yeah yeah I feel like anytime they pass each other on the street like they would just like read each other like they're right. just like so quick. Right. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I was like, oh, God, I wish I was that quick and funny. I, like, I'm just yeah. insulting people, but like in a really soft way, but it's still really funny. Right. Reading. Right. Yeah. It's reading. Yeah. It's really charming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you, Costa, for recommending this and for anyone else yeah. in our lives who, you know, uh, who was giving us to, the nudge. Managed to give us the nudge. Um, I think I don't have any other thoughts other than as I was watching this, I was like, especially towards the beginning, I was almost like annoyed at how much my parents would love this movie. Yes, I agree. And I feel like the one part that like my grandma and my parents would really love is when Buddy finally gets the good grade, but he's not like sitting next to the girl and it's sort of this like womp womp moment. It's so... (laughs) cute and pure but i know that like my grandma would just like laugh at that you know that moment and it's like in slow-mo and i think there's a van morrison song or something yes that is literally the moment i thought oh god my parents would love this that's literally the exact same <laughs> yeah, moment I, it. when this occurred to me i was like god they'd fucking love this yep absolutely and, you know but I, you know, that doesn't make it a bad thing. I think it's not it's, a bad thing. No, it's yeah. not. Um, I think maybe Costa had said that like there, there's ways in which it is reminiscent of passing, and obviously they're both black and white, and so. Oh, but yeah. there is. I thought that was an interesting like, sure. idea that if you could, you could certainly do a double feature of Belfast and My Left Foot. But I feel like, and I feel like. Um, Dublin Zoetrope calls this movie my right foot. I don't know. Maybe I'm, (laughs) if not, I'm going to attribute it to him. But yes, uh, but you could also do a double feature of Belfast and passing Belfasting or something. (laughs) (laughs) Belfasting. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Those tight shots and just like being like held on one face and really watching that and the subtlety of everything. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I I think that that might be our show. I'm, I feel like the orchestra is just waiting to strike up with a little bit of Danny Boy, but we don't have the rights <laughs> to Danny Boy, so we, you're going to have to stick with the generic music that we that's have. That's right. That's right. Uh, but sure enough, off they are. Off they are to the races. We're being played off. Where can folks find more of you? They can find more of me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla. I took about three weeks off just because my life is crazy, but I'm I'm ready to get back in. I'm excited to do so. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you, Colin? Well, you can, of course, find more of me and my other two podcasts, All Right, Mary, currently covering season 14 of Drag Race. And, uh, and if you're so keen on Patreon, we're about to start covering season two of drag race espana which is uh drag race espana is fabulous so that's very exciting uh you can also find me on in the details a celebration of nuance and you can find me on instagram at colin drucker underscore twitter at colin drucker or you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on instagram at bsa pod or you can send us an email at the bsa pod at gmail.com and keep your peepers peeled, especially if you are a best supporting Atreon, a BS Atreon, <laughs> because on Patreon, we will be continuing the discussion on the best supporting after show this week, where we will be catching up on the BAFTAs, we'll be catching up on our BSAs of the week, on our best supporting assignments, and yes. I will find out what you thought of the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yes, so, talk about keeping peepers peeled, all right, Mary? Amen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, And that, as they say, is that.